Welcome to the Advisor Talk podcast channel. This is Nick Stewart, CEO and Authorised Financial Advisor at Stewart Group. If you're new to the show, Stewart Group is a CFEX certified financial planning and advisory firm serving clients throughout New Zealand with offices in Hawke's Bay and Wellington. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge. to have you here with us, Nick. This is uh, Candy View, the program all about your finances. Before we get stuck into today's topics, um, just remind our listeners, Nick, what you're all about. We are a financial services company. Uh, we look after and manage people's, um, I guess, all their kind of financial planning, their wealth management, their risk management, their pensions, their KiwiSavers, anything to do with moving the needle and giving them a better outcome with their investments in their financial services. Plenty to talk about today, uh, sustainability. What is sustainability in today's market? Well, sustainability, let's break it down into three letters. E, S, G. Environmental, social, and governance. Now, if we look at that um, over the last weekend, there's been uh, quite a hoo-ha and quite a bit of um, fur flying around this kind of Mr. Henry from DGL and Nadia Lim from... Uh, the celebrity chef um, come um, shareholder in my food bag and there's been a lot of that spot focused on that around the E and the S and the G mm. around the S as in that kind of um, social side and the uh, governance practice of DGL because you know most of us when we're a director or an employee of a business we have a code of conduct mm-hmm. and it would appear that the individual uh, who made those statements um really ill-advised comments, uh, rather silly, um, that uh, the individual has had to you know, apologise. But on the basis of the E, the S and the G, it's that kind of framework that we operate from. So in other words, in the G for governance, that's mm. around what are the, how are the companies managed, how do, we run, how, how do we run really good shareholder rights and protect the capital of shareholders. And around that kind of the social side, it may be things like... Um, yeah, maybe kind of things like um, does the business through its supply chain have slave labor? Mm-hmm. Such as, you know, if you buy a pair of Nike Air Force Ones, which my son was telling me about, um, which is another story. But, you know, it's believed that, you know, there are lots of little children yes. in sweatshops making those shoes, etc. So that would be your kind of your social side and environmental is naturally you know our beautiful pristine environment how do we look after it and how do we nurture it i suppose the one drawback to uh, all those things that you just mentioned though is that the average person probably doesn't give it a second thought do they they don't care where their nikes come from they just they care where well we've got a pair of nikes isn't that the main uh yeah, or, is that, or is that changing uh it's changing and, and and actually i think this is probably a really good opportunity to introduce my um colleague um and one of our um leading uh, um advisors that work for uh, KiwiSaver and pensions uh adam deck and adam can give you a a much more nuanced answer to that than i could 
Morning, team. How are we today? All good? Yeah, we're great, thanks. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, but definitely, uh, particularly in that in, in you know that KiwiSaver and investment space, we are seeing uh, people really st- you know taking an interest as maybe um, if, we, if, if we're talking about investing, um, taking taking an interest as to how the, the funds are invested. Is there that ESG component mm-hmm. um, associated with how their funds are invested? Are they able to align their, their personal values and beliefs with, with how their money is invested? And it's definitely um, yeah, an area that we're seeing uh, the, the demand for that growing substantially, uh, not just here in New Zealand, but uh, globally, really. Um, it's been yeah something in the market in terms yeah with regards to that ESG incorporation into um, funds being managed has been you know growing for you know pretty steadily over the last ten years really um, and so in in New Zealand now we're set you know it's uh, the uh, in terms of funds under management global uh, sorry in New Zealand it's sitting at about 140 billion dollars of, mm. of uh, funds under management uh, which is making up about 43 percent of the New Zealand market uh, then you look at globally it's about one in three funds um, managed as is got that ESG component so um, yeah we're, we're really seeing some strong trends uh, continuing to grow in that space uh, throughout New Zealand and globally who's asking those questions though is it the uh, the younger generation coming on that they care more about where their stuff comes from that they're more environmentally sensitive are they more green than what it say us I hate to say but us old fellas um i i would offer from from my experience and, and from what we're seeing I, I think it's a really mixed bag mm. um you know you you meet with someone uh because it, yeah obviously it's a really personal decision um depending as to you know whether or not they want to have that included into how their funds are looked after and how they're managed, including that. And, you know, you, you may, um, you know, meet with a client and, and the, the assumption being a young person that they that they obviously, uh, you know, make that assumption that they do want to have that and that they turn around and saying they're not remotely interested um, yes. and, and, you know, the, they just want their money to grow and, and they're not too concerned about it, whereas um, you're seeing lots of older folk definitely... Um, yeah, sh- showing their interest in, in ensuring that the funds are um, managed sustainably. So uh, it's a real mixed bag. Yeah. I'd, I'd add, um, Ken, quite a number of boards and that they may be um, you know, publicly accountable um, organisations where they manage a um, amount of capital in, in the form of investment funds or reserves and then things like charities, philanthropic organisations. They'll have a framework that they manage the capital too and more often than not you know nine out of ten there is um, an ESG or sustainability framework embedded into the governance documents so that means that those that have either a role as a director or as an advisory board member or as a trustee they need to be cognizant of those sustainability principles in the way they deploy the capital now that's just standard that's global Mm. best practice now if you think about, you know, Adam was talking about the kind of the Kiwi Saver end of town. I've just described to you the larger end yep. of town. You know, a large weight of capital. You know, um, and very and quite um, intergenerational in terms of you know a long term intergenerational play because these foundations will be in in place for a long period of time, or like a university foundation for education scholarship grants. Mm-hmm. When they, as part of their framework, are cognizant of sustainability. You know, you really, it moves the needle. Yeah, yeah it does. Although I must say, um, many philanthropic organisations that I look at, it's embedded in their documentation, but sadly, a lot of them are not doing it very, very well or at all. Just wanting to take back a little bit, uh, you talked about that social uh, 
part of mm. what we're talking about. And I was staggered when that guy made that comment about Nigel Lemley. And I said to my, in this day and age, yeah, yeah. that he would say that. I mean, the, w- were you staggered as what I was? Uh, yeah, I was. I was. Well, look, the, um, the interview on the NBR, which I'm a subscriber to, <clears throat> was broken up into two pieces. The first is that the gentleman was saying that um, you shouldn't mix celebrity with investment. Okay, and that's fine. Fine and dandy, yep, no problem. I, you know, we, most of us agree with that. You've only got to have a look at the stock price of my food bag to know that basically $300 million of New Zealand wealth has been vaporised yep. by that company. Uh, you know, listed at a dollar eighty-five, really, really pumped up, like right at the top, and it, yesterday is trading at eighty cents. Wow. Oh, that's just nasty. Okay, so that part of the comment was fine, but then the second part was just, just unbelievable to mm. read that someone would even make that statement. Oh, and then the other thing to say, and you can quote me. I mean, like far out. <laughs> like um, the individual just had a brain fade. I mean, that's yes. it's really, really sad. It's oh, crazy. Um, and the inner thing, like, yeah, look, in this day and age, I, I know that's the comment. People are saying, in this day and age, I don't think there was ever an age where you could get away with that. No. <clears throat> well, 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 not since the modern printing press was created. I just don't think that's tolerated at all. Not at all. Um, and, but the, the one thing I can say, because you may, you may say, so Nick, do you hold any of DGL, that man's company? And I can categorically say here right now, we do not own any DGL in our KiwiSaver funds, nor in our investment management, but nor do we own any my food bag. So both if, of them, we, we're not involved in. What if you had, what would you have done? Okay. Because hypothetical. So there are two ways one can act. There are three ways. You can do nothing. You can sell your shares. Or the third, which is the one that I more favour, is you hold the shares and you vote against the director and you write to the company as a shareholder, someone who does have skin in the game, and you seek change. Mm -hmm. Just the same as people seek change with um, fossil fuel, carbon-emitting companies around the world. If you don't own the shares, you don't get a say. So these these, um, advocates and environmentalists, they buy shares in these companies and they turn up at the AGM yeah. and they, they cause yeah. problems yes, they because do. they have what's called stake. They're a stakeholder. Stakeholder engagement. Yep. Really important. Which just goes to show it's a good segue into volatility in the market. There we are. One comment creates a, a huge amount of volatility, particularly for that company. But the whole market's volatile, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's been bouncing around. Um, yeah. Yeah, m- massively, uh, unfortunately, uh, particularly uh, when we look back over uh, since the start of 2022, really, uh, it all kind of started with uh, interest, you know, signals from major central banks globally starting to raise interest rates towards uh, at the start of the year, which sort of sent jet- uh, jitters throughout uh, both, um, you know, different sectors of uh, the global share market and bond market. Um, and then, you know, you put that on top with, um, uh, you know, Ukraine, everything that's going on in Ukraine, yep. that kind of came around in February, uh, again, sending jitters throughout, uh, you know, share markets with the un- uncertainty there. Um, and, and then that's still that running course of um, and, and a number of central banks now globally, uh, you know, joining, um, the, you know, that rate hiking cycle and starting to raise interest rates, which... Um, yeah, can unfortunately create headwinds and, and some uncertainty and volatility in both uh, the share market and bond markets. And that's um, yeah, some of the key reasons as to why we're seeing some of that volatility play out at the moment. Yeah. Are we still blaming COVID? Or have we got oh, past that? No. We're over that? 
No, we're on to Putin now. You're on Putin. Well, yeah, so no, it's all Putin's fault yeah, now, is it? Putin at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek. Yes. Because, uh, you know, Biden blamed Putin for the inflation. Well, inflation in the United States has been rampant for since about June. Mm. It started, it reared its head. So to blame Putin when he invaded Ukraine in late January is, um, I mean, it's just... I suppose blame the, problem, the man, not the ball. Yeah. The problem with that, though, is that, that uh, you blame Putin or you blame COVID and everyone else believes you. Yeah, oh, correct. Well, that's the narrative. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a little bit... Oh, so, you know, you were talking about, you know, the comment made by that guy, Mr. Henry from DGL, and the one yesterday was, um, you know, Willie Jackson calling David Seymour a useless man. Yes. yes. I just can't believe that you would hear that, mm. that someone would make that statement. Because uh, David Seymour has... Um, Maori blood. Oh, yeah, he's got Maori heritage, yes. And to be called a useless Maori is, wow. Oh, I'm sorry, I just didn't think I would hear that today. No. Although I did listen to Willie Jackson talking about that, and he said, well, that's what politics is all about. We all do it to each other, almost as if it was an excuse for it. I don't remember, and I followed politics really closely, I don't remember anyone calling someone a useless Maori, mm. ever. I think, Sorry, quite, I think he was saying that it was the, you know, the sort of being mean to each other, and it's just part of the game. What it almost is, isn't it? It is a big game. Um, oh, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit like the, my, my food bag GGL, Nadia yeah. Lim Henry discussion. It's like I just think there are some things that just aren't said, um, whether you um, are crazy enough to believe that type of comment. Um, but, but, but in a public forum, yeah, you I have know. to be really careful w- w- with what one says, and if you get it wrong, you apologise immediately. Yeah, although give it a week, it's fish and chip paper, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think I think uh, with the one with the DGL one around that, and uh, again going back to the E, the S, and the G, that S and also the G for governance, you're going to see people at university taught about what happened last week around that, and around how shareholders and suppliers and consumers of the particular product become very, very unhappy when they see something that they do not believe um, fits the social narrative of our society. Um, So, yes, it'll be fish and chip wrapping paper, but what happens if all of a sudden it becomes part of the governance framework for the Institute of Directors for their director development training? So, in other words, the person's famous forever. It's never going to go away, is it? Correct. That comment is going to be available for eternity for people to come back to him and say, remember when you said this? Exactly. Yep, you you did right. It's a little bit like, um, you know, the Inland Revenue Department, when they decide that they're going to take a case against you and... You become one of those court cases that's talked about for like 50 or 60 years because it was a binding precedent in the courts. Yes. Um, you don't want to be made famous like that. And unfortunately, I think the case we saw last week with this particular, those comments in that, that MBR article, it's, it'll be one of those. It's one of those, you know, pin up cases that people will refer back to for many years. Why, don't you, why do you think that um, there is so much doom and gloom around? I mean, and to me, that's what drives the market down. Everyone I'm talking to is worried about their KiwiSaver. And just about everyone I know is looking at it every single day, and they're, they're going down. And not going down by bigger amounts, but I think we spoke last time, Nick, and I know now two or three people who are making substantial withdrawals from their KiwiSaver because they're very nervous about the markets. And we know it's probably a little bit of a cycle, but why aren't the government or financial institutions slightly more positive about the outlook? So perhaps, Adam, you cover KiwiSaver. I'm going to cover the fact that many of these folk that you're referring to probably have a have a 
modest amount in KiwiSaver. Mm. And they probably, their glide path to retirement is actually, is relatively soon or they're already at retirement Absolutely age. So they can on. actually take the capital out, whereas yeah. I can't no. and nor can Adam. Whereas Ken, you, fortunately, yes. I know you, I'm you're sitting full on looking, but, but mate, you can take your KiwiSaver out. I keep saying to him, look, my friend Nick says, don't do it because you're, <laughs> you're locking in your losses. Yeah, yeah you are. But... Imagine that if you look at the actual balance sheet of the individual, their KiwiSaver is very, very small compared to their home. Now, you know, in terms of property at the moment, you know, if you go to advertise or to try to sell your property, the the offers I understand, if you can get one, are much, much lower yes. than the property value at, say, uh, that lovely Hawke's Bay long, uh, long weekend in October, which is probably around the kind of peak of the market. And... So a lot of people don't talk about that, and yet that's the largest asset on their balance mm-hmm. sheet, and they're not losing their heads about their property. No. Um, you know, people will still enjoy their home. They'll still do renovations to it. They'll still nurture it, look after it, you know, make sure it's, um, you know, a lovely place for them to live. And yet many of these folks spend a lot of time worried about their KiwiSaver, which is incredibly diversified across global markets, currencies, mm-hmm. Asset classes, sub-asset classes, industries, diversified across the yield curve. I mean, I'm talking seriously robust strategies. But on a day-to-day basis, yeah, things are volatile. But no one's talking about the fact that um, the poor clearance rates at auctions, the fact Mm -hmm. that you put out a tender and you don't even get an offer, and the fact that you you have an open home and um, the only person that turned out to have a look is your nosy neighbour. I suppose though they look at their um, KiwiSaver as like a, so a, f- a real physical pot of money to them, and someone's dipped their hand in, and all of a sudden overnight, two hundred bucks is gone. Yeah, that's what I think. That's yeah, definitely what some some people uh, kind of feel as if that's that's the way it is yeah. um, when we see these drops. But um, yeah, the, the way that the funds are managed, and, and what people need to remember is that when, uh, particularly those um, well, regardless of the time frame for your investment. Um, you know, we, we see some drops in the market, uh, you know, or drops in the market, which results to um, some, some uh, movement downwards in our KiwiSaver. Uh, it's only paper losses at the top, uh, you know, at that mm, point in time. Exactly. And, um, so, again, we, we need to stay focused on the long term and try and, um, you know, op- uh, invest with optimism and, and, and be optimistic about the future um, and uh, avoid trying to make any of those decisions that will crystallise and lock in some of those losses. Because, yeah, at the moment, that's kind of a, a fake hand trying to come in and, and pull some of that money out. So. Yeah. We did mention before we came to air that uh, in these trying times, a lot of people make a lot of money because they're buying their shares at uh, at a press, at a depressed market rate. It's one hundred percent on the button, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, spot on. And 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 it's even more so um, for for KiwiSaver investors. You know, the majority of us who are regularly contributing into our KiwiSaver accounts are uh, following an investment technique known as dollar cost averaging. So we're, we're dropping money into our account mm. every single week. So which is essentially, um, you know, we're removing the uh, emotional decision of trying to time when to be buying investments at what price, and we're just automatically drop drip feeding money into our account. And in in an environment like we are at the at the moment, uh, when we stay, you know, again, when we're looking at the long term, we are, you know are optimistic that we know and we know that markets will uh, you know revert revert back to the mean yeah. and, and start growing back over the long term. Where you know it's it's a buying opportunity, but we're buying units at a lower price, and you know as when when we're seeing funds dropping, so it's it's yeah it's an opportunity to to, to buy at a lower price. Yeah, yeah it's. <clears throat> I always find it really interesting, and this is that kind of behavioural finance, the element of bringing 
bring humanity into investment, it often doesn't work so well. <laughs> now, now this is on the basis that if if I told you that Ken that avocados were were on sale for seventy cents in the dollar, do you want to buy some? Give me a couple of kilos. Yeah, game on. <laughs> you know, you'll you'll get off the couch and yeah, right, rock on will. down and buy some. Now, but if I said to you that avocados were trading at a one hundred and thirty percent premium, or you know, like like a a whopping premium over and above the normal price, are you going to get off the couch and go and buy a whole Certainly lot? Certainly not. No, you're not. But you know, with investment, when the markets are doing really really well and things are trading at one hundred and thirty percent. Everyone wants to get in, yes, because you know, like like lemmings or sheep, you know, everyone human it, nature, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. safe to go back yeah. in the water, absolutely right. But but when avocados are on sale at seventy cents in a dollar, I can't find anyone to sell my avocados to. Mm-hmm. Now at the moment, the let's say if we look at the U.S. stock market, um, because over you know it's now what's called a it's in um, what's called a technical correction, so it's it's dropped twenty percent from the twenty percent from peak to the current price and yet no one wants to go back in the water no but if we go to christmas time when things were absolutely thumping along mm. everyone wanted to own a bit of netflix and a bit of google and a bit of amazon and who you know a bit of bit of tesla and you know my bit of you know a bit of my food bag and you name it everyone wanted to own it now now it's on sale no one wants to own it. When you say no one, are you talking about no one mum and dad investors or are you talking no one the big time investors? No, look, there's always a buyer at a price. Yep. So when you hear the talking heads and the talking heads are people like us here, the yes. talking heads mm. on the radio show <laughs> or on TV, when the talking heads are saying, oh, there are, there are more sellers than buyers, well, that's absolutely bollocks because you cannot have more sellers than buyers because there can only be one buyer and one seller to meet, yep. to meet together to create a price. Uh, and that's that price mechanism. But what it is at the moment, you've just got the market appetite for people as they just have a lower perception of price today. So, you know, if you um, let's we're gonna, we'll keep on picking on my food bag because it's yep. in the news it's at current, the moment. Yep. You know, it's the meal of the day. Um, so, you know, you you know, people were happy to own that company at a dollar at Christmas time. But yesterday they only want to pay eighty cents, so it's one of those things. It's just the the expected value of all the future cash flows of that company. People have said, "Nah, it's not worth a dollar anymore. Mm-hmm. We'll give you eighty cents." And there are some people who say, "You know what? I'm happy to get out at eighty cents." There are others that would are saying, "I want to buy some more." Yeah, yeah. But at the moment, there's just that lower price perception, and that's where it sits. So people are feeling a little bit more downbeat and not prepared to engage. Yeah, it's not prepared to engage their capital. And again, it comes back to the avocados for sale. Great time to buy on the dip. Yep. You know, much. if all you ever did was if you bought on the dips, so you, in other words, you buy on the dips, sell on the highs. So it's that kind of you sell high, buy low. It's quite hard to lose your shirt doing that. Yes. Whereas I can tell you there are a lot of people who buy high and sell low. And the term is then rinse and repeat until broke. Because you can only do that so many times. I wonder, and we've only got two minutes to go, what advice are you giving to your people coming through the door who say, look, Nick, we're a bit worried about the financial situation at the moment. What's your best bit of advice? Reach out and seek advice is the first thing. Do not make a decision based on emotion 
or an uninformed, non-evidence-based discussion. Have some science, have some data behind it. And that's not a water cooler discussion or around the barbecue discussion with a mate. It's like getting advice on buying a diamond ring for your wife from your friend who's the plumber. Yeah. You do not do that. Um, so I'm, I say to people, focus on your goals and objectives. What's your investment horizon? The sky is not falling. Many of these companies that you and I consume goods at on a daily basis will be here tomorrow and will be here for our children and so on and so on. And capitalism, there is a positive return on capital. So in other words, long term, there is a premium to be invested and to remain in your seat and enjoy the rewards of being an investor. Taking the war in Ukraine out of the equation and covid are we in that seven-year cycle? We're now we're going. We're going to be in a dip for seven years. Is that seven years? Is that still a valid number? Just a quick answer on that one. Um, some markets do, other others don't. So it's very very hard to make that statement in terms of for me to answer your exact question. The fact is that at the moment this particular cycle would appear to be it's being muted by inflation, not by COVID and not by Putin. This is inflation. And this is central banks lifting interest rates to slow down inflation. But at the same time that you do that, it slows the economy down. And it's that analogy that, and I'm sure, Ken, you and I have spoken about it before, it's a little bit like the patient who's receiving chemo. The chemo does, you know, it can uh, mute or kill off the, um, you know, the cancer but one must be very, very careful not to kill the patient on the way through. And that's the part at the moment, people are just really, really nervous. Will the central banks globally go so hard that they'll really, really hurt the patient and we will all be tipped into recession? That is the fear at the moment. Mm. And people live in that information vacuum. And you know, Ken, you and I, we can have the same discussion in three months' time. And I bet you we look back at this and go, Boy, we really were losing our heads yeah. around that. And if we <laughs> just stepped back from the yes. box, it would have been just fine. But we all make decisions in the now, which yes, is one of those things. It's like, you know, when you're really hit up about something, you know, people say, sleep on it, draft the email, draft the letter, put it under the pillow, revisit it the next day. Is it now still a wise decision? You know, and many times you're like, you know what? Yeah, after a good night's sleep, it's not so bad. Now, if we want some good advice, where do we come, Nick? You come down and have a chat with Adam, myself, or the rest of the team at 204 Kadamu Road in Hastings or on the terrace in Wellington. And look, we love having a chat with people. Even during times of doom and gloom, the coffee is still hot. And um, look, we like meeting people and we like adding value to their world. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge.